0: Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Encampments have, has been, have been on the agenda today at General Issues Committee. This is a meeting that has been going all day and has become quite heated at times, quite heated at times. And I'm not sure, uh, I'm sitting here now not able to keep up as we're on the air right now, but um, to my knowledge, I don't know that they've come up with a decision yet on what they're going to do. Let me bring in former mayor, Larry DeAnne. He is uh, he is a man who knows something about sitting in endless meetings, I think. Sir, how are you today? <laughs>
1: I have, uh, I'm fine, uh, Scott, and, and I can tell you that I've... Uh, I've uh, ruined a few brain cells sitting in very long meetings that spin their wheels. So I know, I know what the council is going through.
0: Are you at all surprised that when it comes down to figuring this out, or at least coming up with a, and uh, I'm not going to say a solution cause I don't believe it is a solution, but coming up with a fix of some kind, are you surprised this is n- almost deadlocked?
1: No, I'm not surprised at all because they set themselves an impossible task.
0: And when you
1: set yourself an impossible task, uh, you tend not to achieve it because it's impossible. And and the task in my estimation is to fix, uh, to find a policy that looks after all of the people that are now housing themselves in encampments across the city. And it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to find a policy that makes everybody happy and actually solves the problem. Sometimes you have to do things that that may not make people happy but at least solves the problem. In this case you're you're not making people happy and you're not also solving the problem uh which which is got to be a definition of insanity um all on its own. So um you know I feel for them uh but uh, really it's a um it's a uh, a soup that they've uh, brewed for themselves or or at least uh made for themselves.
0: So where does this go then? Because they will at some point, if, as I say, they may have in the last 10 minutes since I sat down here, or 20 minutes, they may have done, done something. I'm not sure at this point. But even if they pass some kind of policy, it's not going to solve the problem. It's simply going to tie things over until they can come up with something better. But where, where does that go? Where, where, alt- do we have any idea where ultimately this ends up?
1: So, you know, and I just checked Twitter, and I don't know whether that's the latest. I'm not following it. Uh, as you know, I'm out of town, just about to, to come back into town, so I'm not able to actually see the uh, follow it um, online. Uh, but um, I checked Twitter, and in fact, uh, the latest wrinkle seems to be that one of the councillors, Councillor Francis, put forward a motion essentially saying, um, no encampments unless the councillor supports it. Uh, and, uh, In each ward. And they were, uh, yeah, uh, and, and so they're about to go into camera to hear, but, you know, the legalities of that because there are some legal issues involved as well. So I don't know what, what, where, whether that's going to be supported or not, but it illustrates the fact that, that it is a divided council. There are some that are very permissive. Uh, in uh, in wanting encampments anywhere and allowing them to do whatever uh, they wish to do, at least the residents wish to do there, whether it be drugs or whatever else uh, and there are those who are saying no, we don't want them because our people have told us that they don't want them in local parks that are meant for the recreation of our communities uh, that have paid for those parks and not for individuals that have come uh, to live in these encampments for whatever sad story has befallen them uh, and so it, it is divided uh, the mayor is trying to push them towards a decision um, that uh, moves the community forward at least in terms of having a policy but it's a policy let me tell you that's going to create regardless of how it falls it's going to create uh, hardship and hard feelings uh, and it's going to harden the lines between those who are permissive on council and those who want to look after the greater community and not just this encampment community uh, on council. And the citizens uh, who are already complaining, and I know that they are, um, are going to be even more aggrieved uh, when they see these encampments uh, still in their neighborhoods. And the protocol, um, I mean, they hired somebody uh, to create, um, you know, a, a, a sol- at least try to find a solution uh, for this problem. Uh, but the protocol, uh, I mean, there are people in these encampments who don't want to follow whatever rules exist now who says that they're going to abide by the rules of the protocol. And one of the councillors pointed out that the moment you uh, allow this to happen in an official way just opens the door to more and more of it happening because, as he said, the word is out that Hamilton is doing nothing about encampments, which is inviting people from other communities to come into the city. So it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, it's the classic horns of a dilemma. Um, we live in a country where there is a strong social safety net. Uh, some people clearly are falling through it, and we're proud of the safety net. We don't want to see people suffer uh, if we can help them. Uh, but by the same token, there needs to be some order in society and in our cities as well, mm. around safety, around cleanliness, around healthy situations, around recreation for citizens. And trying to find that sweet spot uh, when you've already, um, you know, opened the the, the, the floodgates, uh, some would say, uh, is is an next to impossible task. And the fact that council has kicked this down the road uh, rather than taking a stronger position right from the get-go has made things worse.
0: We only have a minute or so left here. One of the other things about this, this council was elected in the wake of a council that a lot of people said didn't get along and was dysfunctional and all the rest and and I think for the most part this council has tried not to fall into that trap. They may not have agreed, but they've tried to be not like that. this was a this was a debate that got really heated and some people were really, very, very close it seems to saying something that was might be regretted but is this a moment when, You know, we start edging ourselves down the road towards more of the same, or do you think this is a one-off and everything goes back to being collegial and friendly after this again?
1: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I was on councils uh, in uh, both the city of Hamilton and and the former city of Stony Creek and and town of Stony Creek before that uh, for 25 years. And I can never remember uh, a time where there was harmony all of the time. I mean, let's not forget that this is a democratically elected council, and part of the democracy is to state your opinion and state it strongly, and there will be differences in those opinions. And sometimes uh, things will get heated and people will say intemperate things. I mean, I recall not too long ago when one of the councillors simply said, reference uh, ordinary taxpayers or something along those lines, and was accused of, uh, of uh, you know, um, uh, some nasty things by another councillor. I think they patched that up, uh, rightly so. Uh, But it just illustrates that when tempers get frayed, even the most innocent of things uh, can can set people off. And this is a situation where they're dealing with real-life hardships and trying to find a solution that uh, addresses the issue uh, while also looking after uh, people uh, and their opinions around encampments who may not support the way that they want to go. And so you've got the right mix for, uh, for frayed tempers. Let's hope that, um, um, you know, and it'll be the role of the mayor and some of the leaders on, on that council, the experienced leaders on that council, to once this is done, to move forward on other issues in a more collegial way.
0: Former Mayor Larry DeAnne, uh drive safely. Appreciate your taking time on your way home. Thank you for doing this.
1: All right. Thanks.
0: You're listening to The Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Don Robertson is uh, the owner and operator of the Dundas Real McCoys, and he is the guy who runs CompChoice Realty. I think he still has signs around. You can probably still see him out there somewhere. And he is a uh, one-time Dundas Citizen of the Year and a bunch of other things, and he is a regular here on Monday evenings, and he's back in the studio. Don, how are you?
2: I'm good. Yeah? Remember you, how to get here? Uh, yeah. I, I left at 4. <laughs> Make sure I can get here. <laughs> You had a full head of hair last time I saw you. Yeah,
0: pretty much, pretty much. Not so much anymore, but uh, yeah, no. Good to have you back. It's been, uh, it's been. A, I mean, summertime is summertime, but it's um, been a, it's been a fun summer. I've walked
2: the uh, halls of Wrigley's Field since I you? was here. Did you really? Yeah, if you recall the Monday night, and we talked about different venues we wanted to go to. When I, we went that Thursday, drove to Chicago, and uh, went to the ball game. And boy, that's an old stadium. What did, did you remember? think of it? It was very cool. We had great seats. We paid a good buck for them, but if you're only going once, you may as well get good ones. It was, it's, uh, and they have Chicago hot dogs, which I didn't know. Do you know what a Chicago hot dog is?
0: I can't remember now. I know, I, I know I've had one, but I can't remember what the difference is. No ketchup. Okay. All right. No, we've been, we've been, we, we went with the family a few years ago. I've been twice. And uh, they have Chicago hot dogs and they have Wrigley beer. Made specifically for Wrigley Field that you can occasionally find in stores around there, but basically it's you know, it's no different than any other beer. It's just Wrigley beer. And, I'm uh, sure I had one. I'm and sure I, you might have had a couple. Yeah, or, I don't but, know if they were Wrigley beer, but whatever yeah. it
2: was, it, it seemed fine at the time. The other thing we did is we had, um, d- we had to go to Deep Dish Chicago Pizza because yes. if you're in Rome, there was the Romans, and the bar of expectation was about as low as you might place it, and we all loved it. Did you? Cause it I hated was, it. It was wonderful. And I, there's, there's four or five big restaurants there and the name escapes me, starts with a Q, but I would, I'll, I'll go to that
0: restaurant and get it again and I had no expectation. Boy, but all you can do is eat one piece. Oh, that's pretty much it. So we had, when we went, we had read something about where was the first place that like the origin of the Chicago deep dish pizza. And we went there and I could not stand it. It was just not good. It was just not good. It was, but anyway, maybe maybe we just hit the wrong day or the wrong chef or whatever else. Because people rave about the stuff, but we were, uh, but did you do the full now for people who have never been down there? Wrigley Stadium is in the middle of Wrigleyville. The whole area around it is all tied to the stadium. Did you do the walk? Did you see the Fergie Jenkins statue and the Harry Carey statue? We did. We went,
2: went around the whole stadium, which takes, you know, it's a couple city blocks. It's a big yeah. joint, right? And went in and had a beer and some nachos and stuff because we were there early, right? And they have a little mini field where kids outside can throw the ball around. And it's it's really a complex. It it's, defines entertainment district. Yeah. Something we should have had down mm-hmm. by the waterfront with a football stadium. I mean, you could really do it upright. Although I don't know if it, it would do it justice with a football because there's not enough games. But you know, they play 80 yeah. home games. Yeah, 80, yeah 81, 81 home games. games.
0: Um, I'll tell you a funny story when we were there. So we, we got seats in the bleachers, which I would argue that, you know, the ideal place, if you're going, I mean, you may not go back in, but the ideal place for us, get a seat in the bleachers on a nice summer day. My son was maybe 10 at the time, but he was pretty good at baseball at that point. So we're there for batting practice and twice he was about to catch a ball and a very large guy body checked him basically to to lean into his way and twice the ball hit the guy in the heel of his glove and he clanked it. And after the second time, my son said something like, well, if you're not going to catch it, let me catch it.
2: (laughs) You're, You're a better father than me because the guy had been picking himself up after he did it once.
0: Well, the other funny thing was there's in the bleachers during batting practice, there was a, um, a woman about eight rows up on the aisle who was really, really invested in the nachos that she was eating. (laughs) She was unaware of anything, but the nachos that were moving into her mouth at a rapid clip. (laughs) And I I will say that she was a hirsute woman. No, no, that's hair. No, she was a wrong one. She's not, that was not it. She was a, she was a corpulent woman. Chubby. She she was Rubenesque. (laughs) And at one point she had no idea. That a ball was coming and smashed down on her thigh. She's just eaten away. Doesn't even see it coming. And it lands on her thigh and basically sticks to her thigh almost. Because there was enough of a squishy landing spot. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the game, we're walking by. We're like, are you okay? And she, she pulls up her pant leg about six inches. And there is a perfectly spherical, already turning purple bruise where the ball had burrowed into her leg. I thought you were going to say you had to pull it out. Well, almost, almost, but no, bro, that's. Did that's, she get to keep the ball? No, it, it it hit her leg and. Went back into center field? <laughs> no, but it rolled off somewhere and someone else grabbed it, but it was like, how do you not see a ball coming <laughs> and doesn't even interrupt your nacho eating, <laughs> but Chicago, you know, Chicago's a town with some, some people that can handle their nachos.
2: It, <laughs> yes, that's true. We were downtown, and it was clean, and I didn't uh, do much research, like I normally don't do any research. But we took the river cruise. Uh, the, um, I didn't know it was full of, uh, there was a river running right through the whole yep. city, and a huge Trump Tower right downtown.
0: Yeah, went, you went by the Chicago Tribune building when yes. you were on the river cruise. Yep. And the thing about the Chicago Tribune building that's so cool is if you got out, I don't know if you got a chance to get out, embedded into the building all the way around are rocks or pieces of world places. There's a piece of the pyramids oh, really? embedded in, there's a moon rock embedded in, there's a piece of the great wall of China embedded in the, the Tribune is supposed to be the world newspaper. So it's uh, yeah, fantastic place. Uh, definitely do it. People, if they haven't gone, if you haven't gone to Wrigley Field, um, put that on the, the amazing, uh, we gotta move on here. But the, to me, the most amazing thing about Wrigley field don't know if you shared this, is as you walk in, really not much, they've got a scoreboard now, but not much has changed in the last hundred years or so. You feel like you're walking up the same ramp that people did the day that Babe Ruth called his shot and you're going back into history. That crossed my mind. I
2: mean, it was, that history, you, and we talked about it on the show, but it was uh, 19, last time I was here, 2020, I think. And, (laughs) um, you, you had talked about you know great places to go and th- and there's not many left. Fenway. We've been we went there the year before.
0: Wrigley. Um, but there's not a lot of original ballparks left. No, is there any others other than those two? I don't I mean, know.
2: They call it Yankee Stadium. It's but not that's Yankee new Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. I don't no. I don't know if there's any left.
0: I have to think if there's any other ones. And I mean even football. I mean there's uh, there's um, Green Bay. Lambeau Field yep. and Soldier Field in Chicago, although it's we buy it. been redone and it doesn't really look much like it did. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a very, it's a very cool experience if it people was, get a chance to it, do it. It was worth going. All right. Speaking of baseball, and speaking of history, uh, I don't know if you watched on the weekend, any of the ceremony to honor Jose Bautista as he was being put up on the level of excellence. I did not. Okay. And I'm disappointed I didn't see it. You know what? It was uh, Did he flip a bat? He should have. They should have done that. Maybe I missed it if he did, but I was. I watched 98% of it and uh, I didn't see that part. But but here was the interesting thing that we got talking about. I got talking about today, I guess, or yesterday with someone. Jose Bautista had an amazing career with the Blue Jays. He was nobody when he arrived. Yep. I mean, he, he'd bounced around with four or five teams. He was nobody. Got here and They were lucky to get him. Well, because he was not anybody. Yeah. So it was... It was Scott Rowland got hurt for the Blue Jays. They needed a third baseman and he was a utility third baseman who could come in and play a bit, but was a nobody. Couldn't hit, couldn't do anything else. So he figured it out when he was here. But here was the question. As much as he had a fantastic career with the Jays, I think he finished second in the team and the franchise all time in home runs and RBI and stuff. If he doesn't hit that bat flip home run, does he go on the level of
2: excellence? I don't think so. He might. And the reason I say that is because I don't know how they pick him because Tom Hankey isn't there. It's true. And um, so if he's not there, how does well, it's for, Batista it's for, get there?
0: it's for prolonged great. I mean, Carlos Delgado is up there and Joe Carter is up there. But again, does Joe Carter get up there if he doesn't hit that home run? Like it, it really helps to have a moment. It does. That, that when you hear a person's name, you immediately think of that moment. It won't get you in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but it'll get you on the wall of, uh, of uh, Level of excellence
2: yeah. at, uh, at the uh, Skydom.
0: But, I mean, if you go down that list of the people who were on there, and I don't have the whole level of excellence in front of me right now. Well, Steve's there, he, but he was there forever. But he had a no-hitter. But, yes, he also did amazing things. Yeah. He was their first Long real time. star pitcher. Um, Tony Fernandez, I don't know that he had the moment but you can, anyone who was old enough to remember watching Tony Fernandez can picture him in their mind doing that underhand almost flip, flip from, mm. you know, so he, it wasn't a moment, but it was a. So
2: you need either longevity based on what you're saying, or you have to be a really good ball player with and have something memorable like touch them all, Joe, or the bat flip when it mattered. And that yes. was, that was just an explanation mark on the home run,
0: but wasn't well received, but. Unless you're a Toronto Blue Jay fan. But I just don't, uh, I think he probably gets up there regardless, but you're right. There are still some other great Blue Jays that are not up there, like really great Blue Jays who are not up there, but none of them had that kind of signature thing. Riddle me this. One guy that I never hear about
2: going on the wall of excellence or an all-time great Blue Jay, one, two Cy
0: Youngs. Clemens? Yeah. Uh, well, Roger Clemens is not in the hockey, in the, uh, he's not in the hockey hall of fame, uh, but he's Better also in the, in the baseball hall of fame, but, uh, you know, complicated legacy now. One two, Cy Young's. But never no, gets mentioned. I know, but leave aside the allegations of what he may have done or may not have done. I don't think anybody, I don't think there's a person in baseball or a fan anywhere who, if you say Roger Clemens thinks, oh, Blue Jays. He's not identified with, so he had an amazing stint with the team. He did,
2: and I understand that.
0: I mean, you think about
2: the Yankees, you think about the uh, Red Sox, but he won two Cy Youngs as a Toronto Blue Jay pitcher. Yeah. No one's ever done that before, and his name never comes up. Now, it's obviously the allegations that he may have juiced up a little bit and helped himself along. I mean, he was, how old was he when he was with the Blue Jays and won the Cy He was 70, 72 years I old. I think he
0: was, yeah. He was getting close to it. Um, but no, the level of excellence. Dave Steeb, Roy Halladay, uh, both, you know, b- yeah, we'll leave it there. You don't have to argue. Pat Gillick, Cito Gaston, Tony Fernandez, Carlos Delgado, Tom Cheek, Joe Carter, George Bell, Paul Beeston. And now uh, Jose Bautista. Did you but- say Alomar. Remember what happened? Robbie Alomar was taken down because of oh, some right. things that uh, he was so, alleged to have done.
2: So, so here's an interesting observation. I can't, uh, I, don't, I don't have them all committed in memory, but almost half of them never played for the Toronto Blue Jays. Who? Paul Beeston.
0: Oh, well, no, Tony, you're right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cito.
0: Um... What do you think of, what do you think, okay, so let me back up. There was four of them. Yeah, well, there was Beeston, there was Cheek, Tom Cheek, the broadcaster, there was um, Cito Gaston, and there was Pat Gillick, who never played.
2: And I don't have any trouble with any of them being on that wall of excellence, but almost half of them
0: never played. What do you think about taking Roberto Alomar's name down? Here's the reason I asked the question. I mean, we know, or people may or may not remember what he was alleged to have done, but that wasn't... During his playing time, I always have trouble with this. If you are the Buffalo Bills, do you, I think if I recall correctly, OJ Simpson's name is still up on their level of excellence. I I think think. he is.
2: Because. because
0: But that was during your playing time. Roberto Alomar was up on the level of excellence for what he did as a player. What happened happened later, but do you take it down because what happened later blots everything else out that you ever did before? I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that.
2: Well, it it's interesting. Um if you're going to use that analogy based on
0: performance, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Except he was still in the game yeah, as a bet manager bet when he did it. He was not a retired guy, retired yeah. guy who um if he'd been retired, he could have bet on baseball all he wanted.
2: Yeah, I I I don't know in 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 Canada he
0: his name probably comes off the wall of excellence. I mean we took down
2: uh Alan Eagleson
0: got out of the hockey hall of fame. And yeah. again I say you know you what Alan Eagleson did, not defending him, but what he did to create the seventy two series and all the rest of the stuff, that's Who's our first prime minister?
2: I don't remember. Yeah. His, uh, you don't remember either. I mean, I'm
0: drawing a blank here at this time of day. I'm they, going go uh, back.
2: But they, that's what I'm doing. I mean, his statues are coming down.
0: I remember a conversation. Johnny
2: McDonald, of course. Johnny McDonald, yes. Um, with Counselor Ferguson. Yes. You when saw
0: me staring at you blankly like, why would you ask me that at <laughs> 725 on a I thought on it was Monday a, night?
2: I thought it was a pretty
0: easy question and <laughs> it I should was. have been able to have no, answer. No, it was. I was. It was total blankness. There was uh,
2: a very interesting conversation to name the Robert E. Wade Park in Ancaster uh, in honor of one of Hamilton's greatest ever mayors, the late Bob Wade uh, may he rest in peace, and because they don't want to name things after people that are still alive in case something comes out. Yes, and the argument was, "Have you ever met Bob Wade?"
0: It was the same with Harry Howell when they went when they yeah. did the arena. You, there are certain people now.
2: But Dave Andertruck, fifteen minutes after he captained the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning to a Stanley Cup, his name went up.
0: Because you and know I think Dave
2: Andertruck should. You mean should be called after Dave? I,
0: I agree. But you had a whole lot of city councilors who wanted their picture with a Stanley Cup, and that was their one way to get it. So uh, let's name it. And but anyway, yeah, I, 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 you know, I just look at it like, like.
2: It's interesting. I don't know if Alomar should. If you're doing it just based on baseball, then sure, of course, he should stay up. I mean, he, w- he went up there for that reason. He didn't go up there because he was Citizen of the Year.
0: Would he, so would the Blue Jays then be entirely hypocritical if at any point for the rest of time eternal, as long as his name is not on the level of excellence, if they on their jumbotron show the replay of Robbie Alomar hitting the home run off Dennis Eckersley in the American League Championship Series that got them to their first World Series? I is it entirely hypocritical to show that?
2: I don't think so, because it's part of the history of their well, franchise. But so, but is, so he. is he. Yeah. So
0: is he. I think I, I think if you're going to take him down, you cannot show him in any fashion ever again anywhere, which I disagree with. He didn't he, come out of the Hall of Fame. No, Did? but he, they took his banner down. At the Hall of Fame? No, at, the, at Rogers Center.
2: No, but I'm saying he, yes, but he didn't come out
0: of the Baseball Hall of Fame. No, no but. Um, Remember, we're in Canada. The, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are now a month and a half away. They're further closer to the new season than they are further away from the end of the old season. If you catch my drift yep. and Austin Matthews and William Melander, who were all the discussion because they hadn't signed contracts, still have not signed contracts. Should Maple Leaf fans be worried about this or is this just, you know, it's just what it is. I wouldn't, I
2: wouldn't be sure they haven't signed contracts. That's the problem. I mean, perhaps that's already in the can and they haven't announced it yet. Waiting for what? Start of the season. It's their own baby. They can announce it whenever they want. Now, if they don't announce it at the start of the season, then you should start worrying that he may end up in Boston. He may end up a lot of places.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I was going to say the two places that Leaf fans could not abide would be Montreal or Ottawa. I think although it's safe that he would probably choose to go to an American Did city. I say Boston? Yeah. I meant Pittsburgh. Oh, well, Pittsburgh too. Um, yeah, Crosby retires and in comes Austin Matthews for your third successive superstar center yep. in a row. But uh, no, as long as, I think Leaf fans would be very upset if he left, but it would be intolerable anguish if he went to Montreal or Ottawa. Sorry to Michael Anlauer, the new owner of the Ottawa Senators, but that would be,
2: well, it's kind of nothing to do with Mike. It's all to do with the rivalry, and, and oh, that's right. the worst case scenario, right. really.
0: And uh, and but I don't see that. I would see it would be the L.A. Kings. It would be somewhere south, or it would be somewhere in a big U.S. market, or something like that. I don't. I, I, I see very little chance that you see Austin Matthews playing for Columbus or Ottawa. Although you know,
2: I think if uh, the kid that age that good, if he's just going to go where he wants to go, and if in fact that happens with all superstars, you always see them say, I came here because I want a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And when the dust settles, that just happens to be 99% of the time the team that would pay him the most. It's amazing, isn't it? That it's just, or if you've got enough money and the, you know he's a kid still, I got shoes older than he is, he'll never have to work again anyway. So why not play in South Beach? or in Phoenix in his hometown. I mean, he could probably help fill that 5,000 5, seat arena. arena. He might, he they'd, might. Have to, they'd have to charge about $6,000 a seat to afford to pay him, but uh, they might do it if he went there.
0: It, it, it'll be, um, you know, William Melander is William Melander and he'll come or he'll go or, you know, and I, whether he stays or whatever, I, I don't know how much Leaf fans are going to get worked up about that, but if Austin Matthews leaves and goes to a bad team just because they will pay an extra million dollars or something. Boy, I, I would be, I I don't know what Austin Matthews' legacy looks like at that point. All of a sudden, I mean, if he, if he goes to join a team that's on the cusp and puts them over the top because he wants to win. But if, I, I don't know, if, if you have been with the same team that's been unable to have success in the playoffs, and you finally bail just to take a few more million when you're already making 13 or 14, I don't know that looks good.
2: If he leaves, and it comes out that the Toronto Maple Leafs offered him the maximum, and he leaves, that's worse, in my mind. Because you can make more money here than you can anywhere, or as much money here as you can anywhere else. Uh, The tax implications of playing in this province and this country are substantial. Uh, but if you leave for those reasons, to, to your point that if he left for Columbus, for example, or Nashville, which is a great city, mm. but if he went somewhere that's not LA, Chicago, New York, you know, a high profile city like that for another million dollars, at that point in time, we can declare that Ma- Matthews isn't really cared about, doesn't care about his legacy because he knows that his legacy will be what it is. And uh he doesn't care. He's made that decision. That doesn't matter. I want the most money. And I you still that's why you guys love Sidney Crosby. Eight point seven million. Yep. No coincidence it's a number. But you know, if I play if I make eight point seven million, we can have more good players. Hasn't worked lately. But he's also But he's won three cups. And but he's thirty five years old too, so now, you know, I st- I think if his contract was over and he was a free agent right now, somebody's still paying eight point seven million or sure more. Sure, they would.
0: Sure, they would. Or more. Hundred percent, they would. The Montreal Canadiens bring him back close to home; they would pay him that in a heartbeat. Yeah, they would. In a heartbeat. Yeah, they would. I don't know. I uh, we will see, but I, I I it's sort of gone very very quiet all of a sudden, and I thought I just wonder if this is a bad sign or just no sign because you know Brendan Shanahan and Brad Forliving are up at the cottage and. Uh, Water skiing together and don't care. Well, just you know, taking a break, nothing's happening. So, call say to his agent, call us when you decide on what you want. I, this is another thing that I, I see. I, I just at this point almost think in Toronto, Austin Matthews has only one move for his legacy. He, I mean, he's a phenomenal player, yes, but if you don't win. And if you continue to demand the highest pay in the league or among the highest in the league, and you never lead your team to even the finals, let's not even talk about a Stanley cup. We're Leaf fans. Those of people who live in this city, in this area in Southern Ontario, they're Leaf fans. They don't expect a Stanley cup at this point. (laughs) Most of them have not been alive to even contemplate the idea of a Stanley cup. Just to the final, how about to the finals? But if if you demand the highest amount in the league and year after year, you're okay in the playoffs or not okay, but you're never the guy who takes over and drives the team to the... I know he scored a big goal or a few big goals in the Tampa series this time when they finally won, but has there been a series ever in the playoffs where Austin Matthews has just dominated and just become the guy that you can't stop? I don't remember it.
2: No, and it goes back to... Bobby Hull and Bobby Orr and that ilk that, and Gretzky and all the great ones at some point have put the team on their back yep. and either got them through a series, it could have been a goaler,
0: but we're talking about forwards, and have, and have done just that. Just been unstoppable. Yep. just been. Un- and I don't remember, Austin, he, if you're going to leave and you've never done that and you're leaving because of money, because it seems that that would be possibly the re- then... I don't know that that looks good. One thing I think
2: that happened that had a bearing on the coaching was uh, Living said, the first thing I'm going to do is go see Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. And uh, presumably he didn't have to take um, um, Sunwing to do it. And uh, went to Phoenix, uh, by all accounts, and met with Austin Matthews. And the new GM, Brad, wasn't prepared to bring Sheldon Keith back immediately because he had to meet with them, But I will bet you dollars to donuts he wasn't bringing um, Keith back without talking to Austin Matthews. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Because that's the order in which it happened and I don't think it's a fluke. So if he got his coach, that's
0: one thing. You know, I'd like the coach back. Well, here's the other thing. We got to go to a break, but here's the other thing. I've never been in the position to have to decide if thirteen and a half million dollars is enough if fourteen and a half or fifteen might be available. That that's not my world where I live. Um let me ask you this.
2: If um the spec offered you two hundred thousand dollars to stay. Yes. Uh um, you're thinking they haven't <laughs> Carry I'm, on. At, I'm at a week. <laughs> uh if the spec offer you two hundred thousand to stay but two of your colleagues have to go. But if you made $150,000 a year, we could keep them
0: both because we give them small enough raises mm. to keep them. It's a, yeah, that's what a, are you doing? That's a, that's a, well, I would like to think I know the answer. Here's the difference, though, which may make it sound like I'm telling my colleagues to get lost. Uh, not necessarily. The I didn't. Face, I but, didn't do it for that reason. But no. But a hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand is still a big difference. You're talking to twenty five. Yeah. Once you're making thirteen or fourteen million dollars a year, does another million make a difference? And that's what I'm saying. I've never been in that, in that world. All right. If I use the number a million dollars, and you versus one point two million, you know, and then uh, I would like to think I would say at that point I can do. I can get by on a million dollars. Yeah. I can. I can get by, you well, know. We are now. I am now. While people ponder, can consider if that's true. <laughs> Hint: No. Uh, Don Robertson is with me for a few more minutes, and Don, this this one, this one's an interesting story. Uh, the Blue Jays back to baseball for a second. The Blue Jays, Alec Manoa, the pitcher for the Jays, who was a star last year, sent down again, back to Triple A, because he just cannot seem to find what he had last year, how does he, whether it's baseball or hockey or basketball or football, how does an athlete forget basically how to do what they did overnight?
2: I, th- one of the easiest analogies for a lot of people to probably relate to is golf and that's the yips and you get a guy like Mac Hughes who all of a sudden can't make a four put putt and he's been making them since he was two years old and it gets in their head, and something gets in their head, and they can't get it fixed. They know it's going to get fixed, but they can't. So he's obviously doing something, and I relate it to golf, because I've had the yips, not long, 42 years. Um, but a guy, those athletes are so fine-tuned, and they he's obviously got a hitch in his step, or... Crook in his neck, or some something is not
0: working the way it's supposed to. Except this is this is so, so there was a guy who used to play for the St. Louis Cardinals named Rick Ankeel, who had who was a pitcher, and he he had exactly what you're describing. He he had the yips. All of a sudden, he went on the mound in a playoff game, and he could not hit home plate. He was hitting the backstop, and he was throwing. <laughs> I mean, he looked like the wild uh, thing. Yeah, but I mean that was like it totally vanished, and it was all mental. What we're talking about with Manoa is he just can't find what he was doing. He hasn't completely lost the ability to throw the ball straight. He just can't throw it the way it was. And I don't know whether he's, whether it's injury or I don't know more likely if it was just a little bit of magic last year and can't figure out why the magic isn't happening still.
2: Well, Mark, the bird, Fidridge was good for a year and a half or what? I mean, his tenure of being a superstar
0: cuckoo bird, um, was short lived. But there's lots of guys, there's lots of guys in lots of sports who have an amazing year, they, yep. they explode out of nowhere. They have this phenomenal year and then that's the only, yeah. you know, the only great year they have, they're still major leaguers or big leaguers, many of them, but there's others that just, it, it just is never The same. And I just, it's a fascinating thing to understand because you would think that once you've got there and done that, even if you're having some struggles, you would say, okay, I know I can do this and it eventually pops up again because you're just doing it. Some guys though, it just doesn't ever happen again. Well, they're hoping it
2: does and they believe it can, but they need them now because right now they wouldn't beat the Ancaster Diamondbacks.
0: Not much. Not much. Right. They're, uh, well, uh, on certain days anyway, on certain days, it is, uh, it is a struggle. Hey, by the way, did you hear this, uh, this story today about um, Michael Orr? No. Nope. Bizarre story. So Michael Orr, did you ever see the movie The Blind Side? Yes. So Michael Orr has now. That's why I know the name um, yes. Filed something claiming that the p- parents who were depicted in the movie as having adopted him never actually adopted him. And instead he signed a conservatorship, which handed over all the rights to all of his money in his name rights or whatever in perpetuity. Sandra Bullock doesn't need his money. Yeah, not her, but it's just a bizarre story that if, if it's true, and I have no idea if it's true, like this is, this is just the story that's out there now that he is saying they didn't do what was portrayed in the movie. They did something a little shadowy, but if that's true. If that's re- if what he's saying happened, that is one of the shadiest things imaginable. I don't know if it's true. Wow! But that you basically got him to sign off on his well earning potential on his name, and I can tell you, but is, do they have all his money? See, I don't. I don't. Uh, like,
2: don't you think that would have come out a while ago? That he's going like, I can't live on. They're only giving me a no, million. But,
0: but he was playing in the NFL, so he's making lots of money. Yeah. This was on his name and on. So here's, the, here's the, CNN writes this. Former NFL player Michael Orr, whose life story was portrayed in the Oscar winning movie, The Blind Side, has filed a petition in a Tennessee court to end Sean and Leanne Toohey's conservatorship over him. Orr claims that Toohey's told him they were going to adopt him, but instead filed a conservatorship that kept millions of dollars from him. It's just a, it's a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre story. Again, this is his and his lawyer's allegation. So we don't know what's true or what's not true. It hasn't gone through court or whatever yet, but.
2: There's gotta be something to it.
0: Maybe, maybe, but you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying there is, I'm not saying there isn't, I have no idea. I have no idea where, you know, a lot of times people make allegations and they're not true. So I have no idea, but boy, if they. If they, if what he's saying is true and these people finagled him and just took his, what a, what a stinky thing that would be to do if that's true. Do they take the Oscar back? Well, it wouldn't change anything. I mean, it wouldn't change how Sandra Bullock acted <laughs> or, um, or, um, McGraw. Uh, yeah. As they, who, you know who his father was? Tug. Tug McGraw, the former closer for the St. Uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. There you go. I, uh, that took me a while isn't, to learn that one.
2: Isn't that. That is bizarre.
0: It's a great. It's a it's a crazy story. People should go look it up after we're done today. Don't go right now. I know. You know because people need to hear the quiz question again and then come up with the answer. But uh, but yeah, after you're done, go look it up or Michael Orr, O H E R is how you spell his last name. It is a story to read. Uh, right before we go, Don, we only have a few seconds, but uh, Bill Kelly had his last show today, and I know you wanted to say something.
2: I do. Uh, Bill has uh, walked with many legends: Tom Charrington in here, Paul Hanover, Bill Stirrup, uh so many, and, uh, he was great for our community. I consider Bill a friend. I've known him for over 25 years. Um, all good things come to an end, but this broadcasting business and the newspaper business, it's all, I'm not getting my head around it cause it's not as local as I'd like mm-hmm. to see it. So Bill, what a wonderful job and a
0: great career. hundred percent, uh, fantastic broadcaster, better person. <laughs>